Hey, I hope it's going well wherever you are listening in, looking on. Uh, welcome to part four of our Advent series, our Christmas series, How the Messiah Saved Christmas. And we've lit the candle for hope, peace, and love. And today we light the candle of joy. Joy has always been like all those other themes uh, that I just mentioned. A prominent theme of Christmas has been joy. It is just so, such a joyful, happy time. Now again, just like I talked about by two weeks ago uh, in regards to peace, some of us not so joyful, just like some of us aren't so peaceful. But there is something to joy that maybe is more prominent at Christmas than at any other time. Um, it's a joy-filled season. And again, and I'm sick of talking about this every time we present a message that in these times that we are in for our uh, annual reports as staff, I said none of us can begin our reports with in these unprecedented times, in this unique time in history. Uh, it's exhausting talking about COVID every week. And, but at the same time, it's such a large part of our story right now and a shared experience even though we experience it in different ways, uh, it's still common to all of us. So joy, uh, the theme of joy at Christmas, there's the song Joy to the World, The Lord Has Come, one of the most famous um, carols that we will sing. Um, the Grinch, uh, again, we're using the Grinch as kind of a, a good reference point for us and using that story uh, to guide us along and maybe open up new facets to the amazing Christmas story, uh, the coming of Jesus Christ. Um, the Grinch, after his heart is enlarged in the movie, he has this epic heart attack, but it's actually an expansion of his heart. And he begins to feel this new emotion. And what does he cry out? He cries out, I'm feeling. Uh, like There is something, and it's like he begins to cry as well. It's like there is a new, something new has happened to him. And he's crying because he is feeling. It's like there is risk when it comes to loving others, and when it comes to uh, being open and vulnerable in community. But through the whole um, beautiful transition of the Grinch, he is celebrating, he is singing, he is dancing, and he is now loving the Who's. And you saw in our trailer before, I hope you see, uh, are keeping track or uh, tuning into our trailers as well, you saw our Grinch skating, enjoying life, his heart has been expanded and grown. And that way of being that he once mocked and fought against, now the Grinch is engaging with and he's enjoying. He's enjoying the Who's. He is experiencing joy, maybe for the first time. So in our Advent readings this week, if you have our Advent calendar, if you haven't been reading along with our Advent, Advent readings, like shame on you. Start now, this last week before Christmas, it would be great. Uh, so this week we take you through um, really common Advent readings at this, these last few days leading up to Christmas. And so like Jeremiah 31 talks about joy, a, a, a people who are uh, oppressed and imprisoned and uh, are really being shaped by God. Uh, he's saying joy is coming. 
in Philippians 4, 4, it says, uh, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice, like have joy in who God is. And then the last few days leading up to Christmas, we have Luke 1 and 2, and it's the story of the birth of Christ, the story of a Messiah come uh, to this earth to save his creation. So Luke 2, 10 to 11 are going to be our theme verses that we're going to work through, maybe starting at verse 8. So if we go back to Luke 2 and we go back to verse 8, it's this story. It says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And then they were terrified. Verse 10. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Just an amazing message. And you will receive, I bring you good news of great joy for all people. That word, uh, the Greek word for joy that is used here is... Uh, like it's spelt a C-H-A-R-A, but like kind of like uh, if you follow hockey, like the defenseman for the Bruins, uh, Chara, but it's not, so it's spelt that way, but it's actually said like Kahara. Um, and it's used 59 times in the New Testament. And what is Kara? It is, well, what it's not, it's not, and you've probably heard this before, this joy that is being spoken of, this Kara, uh, that we see 59 times in the New Testament is not like, be happy. Yes, there is a happiness that comes, I think, from living a joyful life, but it's not happy. It's not an emotion. It's not like a physical pleasure after a great meal. Oh, this, it was just so great, this meal. I, like, I am happy now. It is, um, joy isn't physical. It's not body deep. Uh, it's soul deep. Joy is our soul's response, like throughout the New Testament, it is a response through the Holy Spirit to God's goodness. It is God is so good that we live lives of joy, which can be really, well, I think all of you can appreciate just how difficult that can be when we have circumstances in our life that are really difficult and really hard and really tough. We, uh, a few years ago, as it, uh, had the opportunity to go to Haiti with our youth group. Uh, one of my daughters was on the, in the, on the team that was going and, and I got to accompany her as a parent. And Haiti in July, turns out it's really hot, who knew? And the conditions were tough. It was probably one of the toughest trips that I've been on, maybe the, the hardest one, just to get through every day. Because I'm just not wired for that 38 degree heat and no electricity at night and no air conditioning and being packed into a room with a bunch of uh, young folks and old folks and bunk beds and I was in the top bunk and just sweating and I just lay really still and hoped to really make it through the night. And I did every night and sleep was minimal, and you wake up maybe more tired and just soaking wet from sweat. Just hard. And then you actually go and engage with the people of Haiti. And I remember just being miserable, like, I'm not gonna make it through this week and a half, thinking those thoughts. 
how much is a flight back? Um, then you power through. And then you engage with the people and you have a wonderful opportunity to just meet amazing, beautiful people. And you see a people that live with challenges and difficulties, threats of hurricanes, living through hurricanes, living through uh, incredibly powerful earthquakes and having their homes and streets reduced to rubble and then having to rebuild with, uh, within such poverty, uh, so many of the people living in poverty. And it's really hard to get ahead uh, and to get a break. And yet you have, uh, as we were going around and we were helping, uh, or just learning from the people, they were doing a wash on the washboard by hand. And uh, so one of the ladies said, asked if I wanted to try it. And I tried it and it turns out I'm terrible at it. And uh, just go, boy, this is every day. This is hard work. This is difficult. And yet the joy in the people seemed palpable. You could tell. It was, you could... And so part of the conversations were always like, how are you able to experience such joy? And all of our team, like from, from where we are, our culture, where we are from, we all understand how much we have, especially when you go to a place like this. And many of you will have similar experiences to us. And you're like, we're not happier. We have more stuff. We have more things. We have more opportunity, but we do not have, it does not, I would not think, I do not think we have more joy. And the people were, uh, we have joy because we know what's important, one of the ladies uh, shared with me. We have joy because we know we will not find purpose or meaning in more things. Now, there's definitely a desire in them to have enough, because sometimes enough is not to be had. And not just there, but in our culture around us as well. But it was so apparent that their joy was not tied to their circumstances. And then, so joy then is more a way of being. I think that's how I describe it. It's like a characteristic, like you are generous or you have gentleness. Uh, and as a follower of Christ, I think it just becomes a part of a follower of Christ's way of life. I think that's the hope anyways, but joy can be difficult to come by, like I've said before. Now, in Jesus' world, when Jesus is coming as a baby, uh, the world at that time was not unlike ours because humanity is humanity. Um, power imbalance is power imbalance. Selfishness and greed have been a part of our story from the beginning. So the world was not so unlike ours. His people were economically oppressed, victims of war, victims of violence. Boy, did they have their... Uh, restrictions placed on their lives. And here in the Christmas story, God engages with humanity. This is not a God like we've talked about a few weeks before, a God who is distant and aloof and just remains different. This is a creator who gets engaged ultimately, intimately and personally in the story of his creation. You have a God who becomes like us, one of us, engaging with humanity and brings or is the message of great joy. I bring you message of great joy in the middle of uncertainty. And that's really, that's Christmas in a nutshell. Those, those verses in Luke 2, I bring you great news. The, and that's the gospel message. 
And the gospel message is Jesus. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord to save us from our sins, who died and took everything on in the cross. And all of this starts, these 30-some years of Jesus on earth, starts with the birth of Jesus, of God becoming one of us. So if we're to be faithful to the original message of Christmas, our message and our mission must be the good news of great joy. And here's what's really been resonating for me as I was working through these verses, were were these two words. I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. Not just for a few people, not for the chosen people, the Jewish people, for all people. Uh, that, that song, a Joy to the World, the Lord has come, let earth receive her king, let every heart prepare him room. Let every heart, let every, for all, regardless of their level of wealth or success or popularity or religious experience or political leanings or lifestyle choices, it does not matter the gospel message, the message of great joy for all, is for all. The Christmas story. So if I think of the Christmas story, here's what really has been going through through my mind and my heart these last few weeks, is, is the Christmas story bringing in the arrival of good news of great joy for all people. How does that play out? It has to be for all. This is a universal truth that the, the good news of great joy for all is a, is a truth, so it has to be applicable to all people, no matter what their station of life is, no matter what their race is, no matter what their leanings are. So if we go to our stories, uh, like locally, like the small business owner, what's, what's the Christmas story for the small business owner who in this time is just struggling maybe to stay open? Because maybe they're working really hard uh, to keep their employees on and make enough. I was talking to a small business owner, a good friend of our, ours, and they said, I said, so like, how, how are you able to do it? They have to shut down. And they said, 60% of our business is in this season. 60%. I said, 6D? 16? No, 60. How is the Christmas message available for that person going through that. It means living in a different reality. We're kingdom people. It means as a follower of Christ that that person has to live for the bigger scope of the epic story of Jesus Christ, going through financial hardships and trying to do the right things for their people that they employ. What a challenge. The Christmas message applies to them. A worker who, or maybe for the worker who is laid off, maybe can't pay rent. How is the gospel message applicable to them? Same same truth of Christ is Lord, and no matter what the struggle is in our lives, that you have a place. Your value is not contingent on that. And then that, and then that, but that can be easy to say for someone who, at this point, I have my job. How about for the teacher or healthcare worker who's just in it right now in the front lines? Maybe the homeless on a cold winter night how is the gospel message relevant to them? Is Christmas good news of great joy for people who don't have the same opportunity because of their race or their upbringing or their context? Maybe if someone is terminally ill or suffering from depression or anxiety, mental illness, 
What is the gospel message for them? The widow or the widower. Is Christmas good news of great joy for the thief in prison? Maybe due to addictions. Or the refugee in a camp. Or someone in the foster care system. What is the, how is the gospel message? I bring you good news of great joy. That angelic message. How is that true for all these people in this short little list? Is this good news or gospel? And you know, if it doesn't meet each person where they're at and give realistic joy in the face of real life, then it's not the good news or great joy of Christmas. It has to be true. Again, universal truth. So if there is to be joy for all people, let every heart prepare him room. What is needed? There's, and as I, again, walking through this, and really, like, and it's been, I've said this so many times, every time, maybe every time I preach. It is, like, something's required of me, and it's like, I'm like, oh, I feel I'm missing out. There's work to be done, and it's a, it's, a, oh, it's a beautiful privilege to be a part of that work. So that being said, I think there's two things that have to be present for the good news of great joy to be felt by all people. And I think we'll just work off that little list that I talked about just now. And the two things are, first of all, God's presence. Now, God's presence is everywhere. God is everywhere. That, absolutely, so that has to be true for all. God's presence is everywhere. And the second part is people. God's presence needs like a, like a delivery uh, person, a conduit. And often you just see the partnership of the church with Jesus Christ, right? Like this is Jesus Christ's message. I have my church. I have my people who are to deliver and acknowledge and reflect God's presence to all people. So that small business owner, what does it look like? Well, it takes people to notice. Maybe you do invest. Maybe you make sure you're, you're shopping local. I don't know. I think the Grinch would, when he has discovery, he goes and, he, I think he shops local. But the small business owner, to be noticed and acknowledged, hey, I bet this is hard, but then to also support and also to point people towards the bigger story. The worker who is laid off, we'll make sure that worker has enough. Uh, we have an opportunity to, like for a month, we get to be kind of like a food cupboard for our community as, as other, our food bank takes Christmas off. But we were actually invited to step in and be a part of that. So we get to care for people and make sure they have enough. A teacher or healthcare worker, maybe it's the small act, just being kind, well, that for sure. Like, we can all do that. But there's also, like, we were able to provide meals to teachers and healthcare workers as a church. Uh, and, you know, we've been able to do it a few times, and we'll get to do it a lot more. Just show love and appreciation because of what has been shown to us through Jesus Christ. The homeless on a cold winter night. Boy, Manitoba's tough. If people need a place, opening up a place, at the very least a hotel room. A single mom or dad, you know, working extra. You know, maybe we need more resources for our marriages to keep our marriages stronger or afloat through really hard times. But to also make sure 
that there are spaces for people to connect with others and to be loved and to be supported however we can in whatever restriction level we are working through to go, I can do that. I can care for people. The widower, the widower. And that's what I'm like, my mom is a widow. And as I was doing this, I was like, oh man, there's so much more I could do. So as I was writing this, I was, I got to go see my mom. Uh, so I got her hooked up with Zoom. We got to go there so she could be part of our Wednesday evening prayer meeting, our Zoom meeting. And you know, I don't think she thought she could do it, but she did it. Way to go, mom. We all cheered for her when she got it all going. And uh, she could get connected to community. How do we care for our widows and our widowers? Again, making sure they have enough that they're cared for, that they're not alone at Christmas. Is that calling, texting? I don't know how it looks. But just to make sure that people know they're cared for. The prisoner. God, that's a front and center in Jesus' message as well, of caring for people who might not get cared for. How does that look? Refugees, I talked about refugees. We were in Palestine, uh, my wife and I, uh, for just a little bit. It was not a vacation. Uh, and it was really hard to go through the refugee camps in the West Bank and to hear the stories of the people. But again, joy was present in amazing ways of people who, there is not a lot of opportunity. And we got to go with MCC. And so how can we walk with people? Well, maybe it's supporting MCC through what the amazing work that they're doing in the refugee camps in Palestine and around the world. Maybe it's us engaging in a more practical, personal way. All these opportunities we have to be the people. God's presence is everywhere. God's presence needs a people, though, as well to carry it out. None of this is possible without a group of people who are committed to this way of life and of looking at the world. You know, it's what Jesus teaches. It's what Jesus models for us to be sacrificial. That's the message of Christmas. A creator who sacrifices everything for us does not remain disengaged or never was disengaged uh, throughout the Old Testament and throughout the New Testament and from the New Testament on, we have a creator who is like, I am going to enter this story and flip it on its ear. I'm going to save people from their sin, and I'm going to offer them a new way. And then those people who have discovered the new way are going to be my partners in the mission of getting the gospel message out, the good news of great joy. In a way, there is something about when we get to be the agents of delivering joy or living in joy for other people that we experience more joy you just know it's right you know it's the right thing to do this christmas time is not a time to retreat into a shell but to look after it's it's to look after the interests of others to bring this message of good news and great joy to all people so that every heart we could help every heart prepare room for Jesus Christ. Yes, there is absolutely a personal, we talked about two weeks ago, uh, this come to Jesus moment of, I need to prepare room. And as I walk through that list, I'm like, there is lots of prep work that is still left for me to do in myself. But there is this confidence that 
Jesus continues through the Holy Spirit to remain engaged with me and my story, to remain engaged with me and the story of the church, and to remain engaged with the people, every person that has walked the face of this earth. And then when we experience joy, we understand that joy is actually a people activity. Notice how in the story of the Grinch, if you think of the Grinch, the hope and the peace and the love as the Grinch works it through, it produces this joy. He saves the village kind of from his own recklessness of stealing all their toys and he's sitting or he's standing on the top of the mountain. Now Cindy Lou Who is, is on this huge stack of gifts and is in danger and peril and the Grinch actually lifts up the gifts and keeps them from just smoking down the hill and taking out Whoville. It's dangerous times. He sees the error in his ways. That's his come to Jesus moment. And he's a part of the reckoning. And notice how in the story of the Grinch, when joy is produced, it moves him out of his protective and prickly shell and moves him towards people. Joy always moves us towards people. All people. It's like joy can't be contained. It can't be restrained. That rhymes. If you didn't know, rhymes are really important. Jesus coming to this earth brought great joy for all people. How many times have I said it this, uh, today? A lot. Much like his resurrection from the grave brought great joy. In Matthew 28, we kind of have the bookends of Jesus' time on earth uh, today. So we have Luke 2, the beautiful heralding in of the message of Jesus Christ is born. And then Matthew 28, 8. I'm able to take it from verse 5. It says, Then the angel spoke to the woman, Don't be afraid, another angel. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus. Both is this like, you should look for Jesus in the first story, and I know you're looking for Jesus, who was crucified, he was killed. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come see where his body was lying, and now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. Again, the resurrection story of life. And he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. The women ran quickly from the tomb, and they were very frightened. Again, more fear. And they rushed, uh, sorry, they were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. There's kind of this fear and trembling that comes with great joy as well. There is fear and trembling when we're engaged with the epic story of Jesus Christ and salvation and healing and transformation of people that is messy. And that's pretty scary stuff sometimes. It's scary personally for us to become new people. Boy, it's, it can be really hard. And, but it brings great joy. The women ran quickly from the tomb, very frightened, also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. That's the far book end of Jesus' time on earth. Back to Luke 2. I just want to leave you with these verses again in Luke 2, 10 and 11. But then the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. Again, you meet an angel, freak you out. Don't be afraid, he said. 
I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. That's good news and great joy. Not just for me, not just for you, but for all. And we have a major role to play in making sure all people know. So the story of Advent is the good news of great joy for all, no matter if you're really red or green, if you're big or if you're small. Let's pray. Lord, you are all that we need. And you provide everything, Lord, our epic uh, healing and redemption, our freedom from sin, Lord, of our own fallen nature. And you are full of grace. And you are so engaged with us, Lord. You are so committed to our story. And not just to leave us, Lord, in a state of separation from you. You are so invested in us that you became like us. And then you died for us. And you leave the gift of your Holy Spirit in us. That is humbling. That is amazing. And that is enough, Lord, to hold us and propel us forward, Lord. May this Christmas story not rest with us, but may it bring such joy that we continually make that people move, uh, that move towards all people. And if we think, Lord, any of us think anyone is excluded or we feel that in our hearts, I pray that we'd have the awareness and the sensitivity, Lord, to, to confess to you and trust you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, this Christmas season. In your name we pray these things. Amen. Go with God. Love people. If you're not experiencing joy, reach out. Let God reach in. Have a great day. Have a great Christmas.